here's a problem that exists current day when it comes to the ERG leader executive sponsor relationship. Most executives are currently being underutilized by their ERG leaders, and that leaves both sides of the coin feeling unfulfilled. The ERG leaders feel like, oh, why aren't they doing more? Like, why aren't they being a good executive? I know you all can't see like the air quotes, but a good executive. Um, and for the executives, they feel like, wow, what I'm doing, I don't even feel like I'm being helpful. If anything, I might be standing in the way of the ERG leaders. Um, or even worse, they look at the potential disorganization that might currently exist within the ERG program, and they may not really want anything to do with it. They might really just want you all to kind of take the reins until it gets a little bit more organized. And really, the relationship is not fully there like it could be. So we're going to talk about why your executive sponsor might not be engaged, the four roles that they play, and then I'm going to provide some steps on how to activate your executive sponsor. And this applies whether you lead the ERG program um, or even if you're an ERG leader, there's definitely some takeaways that you can have here. Now, ask these questions when it comes to why your executive sponsor might not be engaged. One, there's the obvious one that I think a lot of people default to, which honestly 99% of the time is not actually the reason why executive sponsors aren't engaged, but they say, do they have the time? I mean, it's a it's a valid question, but I say that to say, though, it's not always the real issue that they don't have the time. We'll get into what the issue is, but it is a fair question still to ask, especially depending on the season. Like, for instance, if you are working with the, the um, people team uh, executive, what am I trying to say? Senior people officer, you get what I'm trying to say. If you're working with them and it's performance review season, it just might really be crunch time for them. So sometimes you have to consider the time factor. Most of the time, that's not actually it though. Question two, and this is a, this can get kind of deep and um, maybe a little controversial, but it needs to be said, do they see the value in being an executive sponsor? I really believe that it has to be a two-way street when it comes to, to value. People have to understand how is this relevant to me and to my development? And this is largely on the DNI team, if I'm being honest, to really uh, hammer this point home onto why executives should care. And it sounds bad when I say it like that, but honestly, with so much going on and people right now they're worried about, you know, securing their jobs. It's like, why should I care about this, this separate population, especially if they're an ally executive sponsor? So do they currently see the value in being an executive sponsor and how it can benefit them? How it can benefit the business? ERG leaders, even if you don't have a larger DNI team who can advocate for you, can also do this work. But we'll discuss how. We'll discuss how. I won't jump ahead. Question number three, are they comfortable with you and with the rest of the ERG leadership team? You'll know that an executive is comfortable if you hear them ask questions, maybe questions that they would be nervous to ask, uh, especially I say this as like an ally executive sponsor. So if they're asking questions to learn about your community, things like that, that's an indicator that they are um, comfortable. And also if they're able to give you candid feedback as well. So those are kind of some indicators, but ask, do you feel like your executive sponsor really feels comfortable with you and the ERG leadership team? And question number four, do they know how to engage? This is really the main, the big one that's really gonna segue into this four roles piece, but do they know what engagement as an executive sponsor means? Is it clear to them? I talk about this all the time, even with ERG leaders in terms of activating ERG leaders, do they know what it means to be 
um, a communications lead? Has it been outlined for them? The same question applies to the executive sponsor. Do they clearly understand what is expected of them as an executive sponsor? This is more than just a job description-like overview. This is something that's more in-depth, the outlines of bullet points. But once again, jumping ahead, I tend to do that. I get kind of excited. But um, that being said, let's go into these four roles. I say that the four roles that an ERG executive sponsor serves, and just to recap here, whether you're calling your ERG program an, an affinity group program, a business resource group program, um, I've heard employee networks, whatever you call it, it still applies to what I'm trying to say. These are all forms of ERGs and ultimately an ERG is an ERG. So just making that clear. So the roles that an executive sponsor really plays, advocate, influencer, advisor, and mentor. Say it one more time in case you know, you're know you taking notes. Advocate, influencer, advisor, and mentor. So let's talk about advocate and what that encompasses. So um, as the executive sponsor, they are going to amplify the message of your ERG. They're going to help sway others. So whether that's in their circle, like in the executive circle um, and help them to kind of understand the benefits of, of um, supporting and uplifting your community or investing in these DNI initiatives that are relevant to the specific ERG community. Um, if they're if your ERG needs something or maybe needs access to something, they're going to amplify the causes that you're trying to get access to or to benefit. So for instance, I have heard and I mean, I have mixed feelings on this, but I have heard of executive sponsors like really helping to fund ERG activities. Obviously, I think that there should be a designated budget for ERGs, but maybe like if there's something that exceeds the budget and you really want to do this for your community, you've outlined to your executive what the importance of this is. Maybe you want like this, the speaker who's going to change the game on one of the OKRs that you have for your ERG. Um, they will be someone who's going to be able to amplify that need and maybe get access to those funds. Like I said, I have, I have mixed feelings on that potential, on like that portion, especially for ERG leaders who consistently just kind of use their executive sponsors as a bank. I don't think that that's, that's the situation, but in cases where there is an access type of issue, maybe um, you all really want to work with, with one of the teams within your organization to make change. Maybe your executive sponsor is going to be the person who connects you to them. So they, as part of being that advocate, they're also a connector of the dots there. Uh, they raise awareness for causes that are relevant to your ERG. And like I just kind of said, they help to secure resources for the ERG. That's the advocate piece. Now, influencer, obviously I'm I'm very Gen Z with a lot of my analogies, but I always say that um, executive sponsors are like super influencers. Uh, they have so much sway with the rest of the organization. And obviously this, this can scale depending on what their role is. I mean, if you're working with uh, the CEO and that's your executive sponsor, I mean, shout out to you, you definitely have some sway. Or even like the chief people officer, they typically have a lot of influence as well. And when you're going to pick your ERG executive sponsor, I mean, this will be a future episode, but really consider who has the type of access that you need to accomplish your goals as an ERG. 
So for instance, if representation is one of those things, that's a real major pain point for your ERG. Working with the um, seeing, I keep forgetting the name and I just said it, the people officer, um, working with them will probably be helpful because recruiting likely sits underneath them. So you're going to be able to have act like someone who's really going to be able to influence um, hiring for, for your community. So that's the influencer piece. But also, in addition, there's other parts to being an influencer. Um, they have, oh, authority and access. And most people don't have access to others. Sometimes I write my notes in like brief, brief, you know, and I don't fully understand what I was trying to say. But anyway, um, they have a sphere of influence. That's part of them being an influencer. So because they have such influence, they also know other people in the organization who have influence. That's what I was trying to say. They can promote your events and your initiatives to the company. So I, one of the hacks that I'm really getting into is an executive sponsor just uh, taking a quick video of themselves and saying, hey, there's this event that's coming up with this ERG. I know I'm really excited to go. This is one of the things that's happening at this event that I'm excited to see. Make sure that you all take the time out on your calendar to be able to attend. That's one of the things I hope that more people start adopting within their ERG and asking their executive sponsors to do things like that, using their influence and, and leveraging it to get more engagement within their ERG. And this can be um, something that's posted like in your ERG channel or even just occasionally, I mean, don't overwhelm it, but even to the entire company sometimes saying, hey, you know, hi, I'm the chief operations officer here. Um, and I am an executive sponsor for this group. This is what they stand for. I think that you all should get involved in it, whether you're a community, community member of this group or an ally, because it's important for XYZ reasons. That is the power of an influencer, because now that they said that, it's, go, it's coming from someone other than you. And really, I heard uh, a conversation a couple of weeks ago that was saying, when someone else advocates for you, it goes so much further than you trying to self-promote yourself. So that's another aspect that they can serve as an influencer. Um, they can also influence some high-level decisions. So if there's anything... Um, that's going on in the organization. I, I kind of touched a little bit on it with the hiring piece. They can influence that as well. So influencer takes on a couple different meetings, like I said, whether it's trying to drive engagement, even the fact that they have a team of people underneath them. I mean, they the influence that they have on their team specifically, like another team might not get like who they are and what they do in the organization and the status that they have. But their team is going to say, oh, wow, you mean the person who like is my manager's 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 manager, you know, that takes so much more, it's so much more impact. And even then, for someone who's trying to drive their career, they might just attend that event just so that they can like get some time with executives. And that's okay. That's one of the benefits of being an ER, in an ERG is that you get this space time with executives and you get this career development. So who knows the type of impact that that alone can have, but you have to leverage your executive sponsors in that way. Thing number three, advisors. This really focuses on if your ERG wants to bring something to life, how are they doing it? Or are they doing it the right way? Now, the community manager, program manager of the ERG program, whoever's leading the ERG program, if you do have that, should 
really kind of be that touch point with the executive sponsor to educate them on where your ERG's development is and what your OKRs are and things like that. If that doesn't exist, there might have to be a closer relationship with the co-chairs of the ERG and the executive sponsor really to bring them in the loop. Okay, so right now we are in the adolescence phase of our ERG's development. That means that really right now we are trying to focus on community building for our ERG. We want to increase engagement by X percent this year. That's our OKR. And then getting their advice. That's when they advise you on how they feel like you could best do that. So for instance, for someone, for an executive whose team largely sits in, let's just say the APAC region, um, they might have a really good uh, perspective on how to best activate that region that you might not have those type of insights on if you're based in the U.S., for instance. So that's a, an example of advising. Or for instance, if you're looking to, uh, like I said, uh, with, the, with the recruiting initiative, we'll go back to that. They might be able to say, okay, well, I know that you all want to increase representation um, of your community. So that might not be the way that you think. You might be going more so in the conference direction where they say, well, really right now, there's a big opportunity within our uh, university recruiting team to potentially go to some colleges for this or things like that. They're able to tell you where those gaps are in the organization and where you're able to plug in. That's largely the advising piece. Um, and even then they might be able, not even might, they will be able to help center you back to what the company's focuses are and the company's goals and OKRs are. So maybe your ERG's plan is way off base from what the company is going to do. Newsflash, if that's the case, you're not going to get a whole lot done, or you are really going to not have some great relationships while you try to force your initiative um, on other people while they have they're trying to do what the business wants. So that being said, the executive sponsor is going to be able to better advise you. Now, like I said to ideally you have someone who's leading the ERG program and they have already had these conversations with the executives. They already know where the ERG can plug in and they kind of just filter that information down to you all where it's most relevant. But if that's not the case, definitely connecting directly with your executive sponsor here. The reason why I'm big on the program manager doing this work is because sometimes the opposite thing of an executive sponsor when it comes to an advisor is they can get a little bit too over eager. They can start telling you, yeah, we can we can do all this type of change here and there, or maybe your ERG program isn't ready for that at current. Um, or maybe the focus that your ERG program manager is giving you is, is more pertinent. Like I said, ERG development, if you haven't checked out the ERG movement model, it talks about what your focus should be based on where you're currently at. So that being said, what you have currently, um, what you're currently supposed to be working on from them might be the better priority than what the executive sponsor is telling you. So, you know, just take that with a grain of salt. If you don't have that person, I always say, feel free to reach out to me. I just, I love talking to ERG leaders anyway, but I'm always down to like, just have a conversation on, you know, maybe what your focus should be. Uh, I have this open to helping banner. It's, it's real. It's not just there for show. So I'll say that too. Um, moving on to mentor. So mentorship takes place 
in a few different ways. Uh, but really when it comes to your career as an ERG leader, and that's one of the real benefits of being an ERG leader is getting this access to executive sponsors and driving career growth. Um, and this is one thing that I'm really, really passionate about because I know I would not be here today if I didn't have the support of the executive sponsor from the ERG that I was leading at the time. Mentorship, it takes place, like I said, it can be one-to-one uh, -one with the ERG's leaders um, or maybe once a quarter, depending on how many ERG leaders there are. But let's just say like hypothetically, once a quarter, uh, you sit down with the ERG executive sponsor and you talk about, you know, this is kind of what I'm hoping to do in my career. What is your, what are your thoughts? What are your feedback? Um, ideally, once again, if you're an ERG program manager, you'll kind of help to iron this relationship out a little bit when it comes to mentorship, maybe provide some like guiding questions for the conversation. Um, or, or if you have a lot of ERG leaders, one thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is you're not limited to having just one executive sponsor. Uh, I do think it should be standardized across the program. So if one ERG has two or three, they should all have two or three. But I say that to say, ultimately, though, um, maybe potentially that you all can look at increasing the number of executive sponsors. This way, even when it comes to mentorship, um, the responsibility is split up uh, amongst multiple people. This way you're able to have a more personal relationship with that executive sponsor versus them really trying to get to know and advocate for, you know, seven, eight, for some ERGs, like 20 different ERG leaders. So that being said, uh, just know it doesn't have to be, you, you're not limited to one singular executive sponsor. There can also be uh, executive mentorship in the for your um, ERG's members. So in the form of group mentorship, maybe like once a quarter, you have one of your executive sponsors on the call and you do kind of like a an advice, almost like back in the day in the newspapers, there was like that advice column, maybe something like that before executive sponsors, you know, where people from the group are able to ask executives directly their advice on something that's going to help them grow their career. So you can get creative with what mentorship looks like, but they definitely can serve that need. I'll say really quickly when it comes to me personally, because even just kind of to hammer this point home um, with what mentorship can do. And even if it's the form of like once a month, our ERG leader is going to, I mean, our ERG's leaders are going to come together and we're going to have this call with our executive sponsor just on career. Like, so the other two calls every quarter can be focused on the ERG, but one is just on the career space. That is what I experienced. And that being said, when I was looking for new opportunities and actually Ooh, this is a while ago, but I quit my role because I was like, I am not progressing here. It was my executive sponsor. Really shout out to him. Um, Ryan Sokol at DoorDash, I'll just say. Um, because really he messaged me that same day and was like, I see the work that you've done and we have to have you back at DoorDash. That whole transition period there, because I had that relationship with my executive sponsor, I then went from being a support agent to being on the people team, working in an employee experience uh, and with a relationship with ERGs as well. But that being said, like my whole life changed because my executive was able to advocate for me because he knew what I wanted in my career. So that's a really, we'll touch a little bit in a second on the importance of building a relationship with your executive sponsor, but really that completely changed the trajectory of my career. 
So you have to have someone, especially someone with sway, with influence, like we talked about, who's able to advocate for you in rooms that you're not in. And if that's an executive sponsor, I'm telling you, that's the most powerful person in the organization. Um, it's one thing if someone like, like an individual contributor, like can say, oh, I've seen the work that they do, or, you know, I know them, like they're, they're good peoples, but it's way different if an executive sponsor is saying like, this is an asset to our organization. And as an ERG leader, I mean, you're already doing great work and it's likely that your executive sponsor sees that more than someone else. So how can you leverage that to drive your career forward. So that's kind of like the selfish piece to it technically in terms of making sure that you're activating your executive sponsor in that way for you. But keep in mind too, the same thing applies for your members. What are some low level ways that you can get your executive sponsor? When I say low level, I mean like low time commitment. Maybe that's a better phrase. But what are some low time commitment ways that you can get your executive sponsor in front of your ERG's members? Um, even just a quick, another quick idea. Um, when it comes to like donut type programs on Slack, if you're familiar with that or something that connects people one-to-one, -one, even just having your executive sponsor participate in that where someone now by joining into that program, they have the off chance of being paired to have a one-to-one -one conversation with your executive sponsor or even offering it as a gift, maybe like, oh, this is a prize, our prize, our member engagement prize for the month. You know, you can win six sessions with our executive sponsor. So you can get creative with it, long story short. Now, let's talk about how to activate your, exec your executive sponsor. Four steps I have outlined here. Step one, I say is to identify a goal. So like I said, a lot of the time, currently the ERG leaders are probably saying, um, why are they not being a good ERG leader? Like, why aren't they doing more? But we have to identify what more is and also what it's not. Like, just like with allyship, I talked about this a few times, but with allies within an ERG, you have to outline what it means to show up as an ally. What are some tangible ways to show up as an ally? And then on the flip side of that, um, what are some ways not to show up as an ally? So what are some, like when you join this event, make sure that you're not taking up too much space. Like a lot of the time people come into these spaces and they just do what they feel is best. And oftentimes what they feel is best is not actually the best way to show up. So in this case, it applies the same way to executive sponsors. They want to do what they feel is best. And for some executive sponsors, that is being extremely hands-off and saying, you know, I'm just going to let them do their thing. I'm around when they need me. And what that like presents as to ERG leaders is, oh, wow, like they really don't care. When that's not the case, this is just them feeling like they're doing the best thing. So that's why step one is to really identify this goal. What does it mean for them to show up, make a, a guide for them in terms of how to show up, how not to show up. Um, and also executives, they really like to speak in numbers. I like to say numbers are the universal language. So especially if you can have a, a, a numerical metric goal in terms of how your executive sponsor can engage, that will go that much further. Um, and also this will change as your ERG program develops. So what you need from an executive sponsor um, in the early adolescence phase versus in the maturity phase is completely different. So also I would say part of this is just like understand what the goal is at present, depending on where your ERG program is. 
when it comes to the future things, I mean, you can note that down, like dream state. What would I love for engagement to look like from our ERG executive sponsor when we get there? Just so it's like on their radar. But in the meantime, focus on the now. What are some things that they can do this quarter that would really be meaningful for your ERG? Um, step two is to understand where they're at. This is a big one that I think a lot of people miss, just like with ERG leaders, but we won't go down that today. But um, have a conversation to really understand, one, uh, what do they have to give or, or what what does showing up mean to them at present? Having that conversation will definitely get you all on the same page. Um, also, this can, oh, what am I trying to say? What information? Oh, yeah. What information do they have access to? Or what information, do, like be, being in the role that they're in, who do they have access to? Who's in their networks internally and externally? This could be really big for your community too. I mean, I've seen a lot of the times executive sponsors will recommend a speaker and because it's someone who's in their network, um, it's free of cost in some cases, which is, that's also, that's always a, a huge plus for the ERGs. So who's in their network internally and externally? They may not have an answer on the spot, but at least it'll put it on their radar so that the next time that they do cross paths with that person, they'll be like, oh, you know what? I should let our ERG leaders know. Um, so yeah, who's in the network? Um, another piece there was, it, this doesn't have to take place in a one-to-one -one conversation or even worse, like in a nine-to-one conversation if all the ERG leaders come together um, and they're in this call with the executive sponsor, kind of like hammering them with questions. That's not the idea here. So the idea more so is to say, um, it's a like, get psychological safety from the executive sponsors, which to some, it might sound like, what do you mean? Like they're executive sponsors, like we're the underrepresented group or, you know, but at the same time, people need to feel safe to be able to effectively show up. And this applies, same thing, like I said, to allies too. Like you have to establish that psychological safety for them to be able to ask questions or that's part of the growth is sometimes there's going to have to be like, uncomfortable conversations where they want to learn more, but that has to be established. So that being said, typically that nine to one type of conversation um, for the initial where you're just trying to get on the same page is likely not the best situation. Um, a good thing that I've personally done myself more than once is I will send out a form to ERG executive sponsors that'll just have um, a few questions on it that they can answer, typically like less than 10 minutes. I'm really, really less than five minutes. I'm big on time preservation, um, especially for executive sponsors. I mean, they're busy people. We're all busy people, but you all get what I'm trying to say. But if you have it in a, in a form where bonus points, if it's the same form across the ERG program, even better, where you're asking them these questions, you know, uh, one good one could be like, how comfortable are you advocating for this community externally or even internally? That can give a lot of lessons there even too, because if they say that they're not comfortable, that might show where the relationship needs to start um, for you and your executive sponsor in terms of like, how do we help once again, establish that psychological safety how comfortable are you with the terminology um, that's related to this community? That's big as well. Um, for instance, I know a lot of executive sponsors, they get nervous when it comes to the LGBTQ community just because 
I mean, there's a lot of terminology there that you should be familiar with when you're advocating, speaking about the community. And a lot of the times they're not familiar with it, but they also, I mean, granted, there should be some accountability. They should take time to learn about these things, but it makes it that much easier if you've identified that, oh, this is a pain point. Let me now provide them with a terminology guide. I mean, you can always just be proactive also and do that anyway, but making it easy for these executives who are busy to be able to advocate for you is big. Just like I say with ERG leaders, making it easy for them to do the role that they're trying to do with SOPs, um, things like that. The same thing applies with executive sponsors. So all this can come in the in a form. You can send it to them this way. They have that space where they're by themselves. And even though it's going to be seen, um, they still feel more comfortable responding in that type of setting. And maybe even then too, once again, if you have a um, an ERG program manager, community manager, them sending it out and saying like the results will be it, you know, it won't be shared with the leaders, like the exact numbers or comments, but I will share um, what, you know, how they can best plug in with you in the future, that type of thing, where it's less of like, oh, if I said I am a two when it comes to how comfortable I am advocating for them externally, I don't want to make them upset. I just want to be honest. So maybe there needs to also be that, that kind of barrier too, to help establish that psychological safety as well. Um, and then I feel like I forgot a question that's supposed to be on that form that just came to my mind, but it's okay. If I, if I get it, then I will say it as well. Step three is to establish that two-way communication. So now this form has been done. You are on the same page in terms of what your ERG executive sponsor, where they are currently. And you have these goals that you want for them. This is where you have that communication and you talk about what those goals are, you really clarify the commitment of being an executive sponsor. So many times, I mean, even just historically, how ERGs have been run. And for those of you who don't, who don't know me, just know I have had hundreds of conversations with ERG leaders, ERG program managers, executive sponsors. I know where most of people are at when it comes to their ERG program. And that's kind of why I talk about ERGs like I do, because I've noticed there's similar problems across the space. And this executive sponsor piece is one of them. So when it comes to them being an executive sponsor, most of the time it's, it has not been made clear to them what that means. So having this conversation is going to change the game with your relationship with your executive sponsor, even just the clarity of commitment, because maybe they feel like, ooh, if I lean in too much, they might ask for a lot that I'm not able to give them, even when it comes to time or money or whatever the resource is. So outline that for them. That'll also help to make them feel comfortable. Like I said, bonus points if you provide them with some sort of guidelines or like an executive sponsor playbook that can be used across ERGs. So, you know, just putting this out there, if you don't have a community manager or a program manager, maybe the ERG executive, the ERG co-chairs, um, from across the different ERGs at the company can come together, even just to create this executive sponsor playbook that they can all benefit from. Um, but anyway, having this, it'll be huge. Focus again on current stage. Maybe in this conversation too, you bring out to them, this is the stage of development that our program is in, which means that this is our focus. I kind of touched on this earlier, but reiterating, because if they, this will also help them to not get too overambitious because you're saying, look, we're not ready for 
deep business impact yet because we need this community who's going to help drive this impact. So that's currently what we're focusing on. That'll help them to be aligned with the program's mission, vision, strategy, all those things. Um, part of this communication too is also um, establishing, like do the executive, executive sponsors know how to engage, not how, but when to engage. That's another piece. So when could be like, oh, do you want them to show up to every single meeting? Has that been made clear to them? Or do you just want them to show up at least once a quarter? Or does this meeting, because it's in one of our heritage months, does this meeting take priority where you really want them to show up here? Do you want them to show up? And even then when they show up, what does that mean? So do you want them to like say, you know, some opening words at the beginning of the session? What does it mean to show up, but also when to show up? Do they even know when the heritage months are? I mean, this is a basic and you might be like, obviously that's like one of the, the bare minimums, but I talked about this. I talk about this a lot, but really with this, this, the curse of knowledge, check out our YouTube if you have not already, because I just put up a whole video on the curse of knowledge, but basically in summary, just because you know something, you can begin to lose empathy for others who don't know that. And it, it becomes like, oh, this should be obvious, but that's not at all the case. So this definitely applies to executive sponsors. Even give them a, a guideline, like this is when our meeting cadences happen. This is when our heritage month happens. This way they have everything that they need to be a successful executive sponsor. And then step four is just to show up, like show up for the executive sponsors the same way that you would want them to show up for you. That means don't cancel executive sponsor meetings last minute because you don't have something to talk about or because you didn't prepare. Don't not prepare, double negative there, but basically prepare for meetings. Um, come with action items and come with questions for the executive sponsor. Even better, send a pre-read to the executive sponsor or even just like, it doesn't have to be a full pre-read because that can be a little time consuming, but just tell them what you're going to discuss and like say in this meeting, we're going to ask you these two questions, uh, just something to think about in advance. This way, when it comes to the meeting, it's not them sitting there thinking about, um, hmm, that's a good question. I'll have to get back to you. No, they have time. They have had time now to prepare in advance. So that's another piece too. Have the numbers. And this is your ERG. That's part of the foundation piece that we talk about too. Your ERG should have data in terms of its performance huge piece that's missing currently in the ERG space. And unfortunately, right now, it's typically brushed over like, yeah, we don't have data. Mm. No, no, that's not, there's no longer a thing in 2023, okay? We are changing that. ERGs need data because how are you supposed to know where you can improve, how you can improve if you don't have the numbers to show where you're currently at? The data is like the gauges for your ERG. And even then, once again, data is the universal language. So when you have the data and you show this to the executive sponsor and you're saying, hey, this is our number now. This is we're trying to get, this is where we're trying to get to. That changes the conversation. That makes it that much more effective because they can see in numbers, oh, okay. So this is how this is what you're trying to do. Got you. This is what I would recommend. X, Y, and Z tactics. Changes the game completely. Have the data. There's a bunch of data points that you can have for this, but I'll say quickly again, I, talk, I talked about um, input and output metrics. That's really good. Input metrics, just a quick recap. That's the work. So what have you done? Have you met these input metrics? As a communications leader, have you written and pre-scheduled 
three meetings per week. So uh, not three meetings, three communications per week. So that would be 12 communications per month for the ERG. Has that been done? That's an input metric. An output metric is a result of the work. So that's saying, okay, how, what's our um, Slack engagement score? Um, how many people in our Slack channel have engaged or in our Teams channel have engaged? And what's the percentage there? That's an output metric. Very important to measure both, but definitely input metrics are an indicator of output metrics. So even coming to that meeting with both is also going to be helpful because then your executive sponsor is also going to have context on what you're currently doing to help to provide advice on how to get a better outcome. Does that make sense? Let me get a thumbs up if that makes sense. I see a thumbs up. Cool. I see thumbs up. Yay. Have the numbers. That's the point. Input and output metrics helps to change the conversation. Some quick tips before we get into Q&A, just like a quick recap, because we went through all four steps. All The four steps, by the way, were identify a goal, understand where they're at, have the conversation, and to show up. Um, some tips in general is to establish a relationship with your executive sponsor. Once again, that's even just making space just to get to know them better as people and them getting to know you better as people. That could be this like mentorship conversation or, or what have you, but establish a relationship with them, show up. Um, I don't know. And then I'll provide tangible ways for the uh, for them to be able to engage. So for instance, you can say, hey, can you participate in our in our Slack, you know, just like once a month, can you pop in there and like respond to a question? I know really quick, one quick story. Um, at a company, there was so low Slack engagement. And I was like, okay, we're going to try this like question that's going to really get the community talking. Um, and the question was, I think it was a Black History Month a while ago. And the question was, um, your favorite Black artist. The person posted it, and no one I mean I responded because that's just what I do because I was like I have to be that first person to dance you'll get that reference if you've seen that post I posted about the dancing but anyway um I was like I have to be the first person to act this way other people are kind of persuaded to act no one said anything the executive sponsor popped in and gave their response who was a white man by the way and when I tell you the channel flooded with responses people don't need permission to engage but it's almost like they get permission to engage when your executive sponsor engages so give them some actionable ways to get involved long story short and if they're an ally definitely provide them with some resources um, to feel more comfortable advocating for your community